Good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Not much. Just uh, <sighs> another victory Monday, which is yes, which is a good Monday. And um, one step closer to being out of the CAA, which is also a good thing. That's wonderful. Um, I-, I was a little burned out on my own like anger and pettiness today. And then like, I don't even know what set me off, but something got me going again today. It's like, oh, I, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. Anyways. My anger is, is kind of taking a backseat to just disgust, maybe. Like, just just move on. Like, uh, there's just dumb little things. Not letting the cheerleaders run around with the flags. Like, that's just, that's petty yeah. even by our petty standards. Yeah, and then and then realizing this afternoon, uh, uh, you know, men's soccer not getting the bid, the at-large bid. And I, you know, look, I don't know the ins and outs of the 48 team selections for men's soccer, yeah. you know, or what's, you know, it's not like I was looking at bracketology before. Well, I think Hoster got a bit of a raw deal too. I think they were like ranked 13th and they didn't get, they're going no, they on the road, they the, didn't get a bye. Yeah, there were yeah. 16 seeds. It was a very like JMU softball type thing Yeah, it um, was. for Hofstra. The only thing I thought about is it really was like, you don't have to, you don't have to win the CAA tournament for being excluded from the CAA tournament to hurt you. Yeah. Is what I was thinking. Like if JMU had an extra win or two, if they went to the final, lost the final to Hofstra, right. You wonder. Could have helped Hofstra you, too. Could have helped that. Could have too, helped, for, you know, Hofstra might yeah, be might viewed as like, Oh, might they won a lesser them. tournament than they Correct. should have. Yeah. Yes. And, and had they beaten a team with like a high RPI or whatever the rule, you know, I don't know yeah. what the soccer calibration is. Yeah, exactly. So I, I know, again, it's cutting off everyone's nose to spite their face, yep. but <laughs> um, good. Maybe we don't have to talk about one of those awful things tonight. Yeah, <laughs> we can yeah, try to move we're, on. We're out of the way. We're t- yeah. Box is ticked. Um, as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, go by the shop anytime. See Brian and Colby, uh, any of the guys in there mention the podcast. Uh, please go see them mention the podcast and they'll, they'll hook you up with something, a sticker or some coasters. Um, Pretty cool Mossy Creek stuff. Actually saw those guys. They were teaching a big course, like an eight-hour course this weekend, Rob, on Sunday out oh. at uh, Bryce this weekend. Um, very cool. Would love to take it. It was particularly cold on Sunday, and I can't say that I was overly it, disappointed. It was. I was I outside for most of the day yesterday, and it was chilly when, when the sun dipped behind a cloud or you found yeah. yourself in the shade. It was pretty chilly yesterday. Yeah, and I, I noticed just a lot of – I think it was a very beginner-oriented class, which would be great for me, but there was also probably a lot of like, um, you know – I would not have been confident in my choices for attire for, for eight hours on a day like that in the river. So, yeah. Um, but big thanks to Mossy. We're going to do a few things tonight. We're going to start with football, do four downs. We're going to talk a little bit about hoops. Um, we're going to like break the one of the, no, we're going to touch the third rail of podcasting. And I'm going to mention a couple other podcasts that I would recommend this week. I, I just, with no Medea last week. I got to listen to a couple other things, and I think they were really valuable for JMU fans. Uh, we're going to get look ahead a little bit to the playoff and the selection show on Sunday, and of course, look at the Towson game first. Uh, alumni band weekend, Rob. Um, so I'm sure we're going to get a special edition of 700 horns playing. Yeah, running Chase around. Chase get it on this weekend. <laughs> so um, it, it should be great. Yeah, uh, very much. No, hey, that's no shots at the MRDs. I, I really am glad. And glad that they're having that this weekend after a yeah. year of not having that. So mm-hmm. excited for that. Um, and we might even have a little, uh, you know, we'll have something else at the end. But thank you to everyone who has submitted some great OT topics tonight. Um, and thank you to everyone for just kind of hanging in there as JMU fans along with us the last week. This has been crummy. <laughs> and, I, 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 you know, not that I'm going to slow down our, our our general hatred, but like, I, I it was a lot. I, you know, I yeah. felt like I was a lot at certain times. Oh, time. I was too. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I leaned into it for a good four or five hours last week. It just was <laughs> relentless, but yeah. it felt good. It was somewhat cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. Um, so we won't go around everything, but Rob, I have a totally random thing to start us off with tonight, which is I, I don't know if you saw, did you catch the Sports Center highlight of the UC Riverside 
game win over Arizona State in men's hoops, the like three quarter court shot to be. No, I saw something Arizona about State. the longest shot of the year. Yeah, well, that I think actually or somebody else. I, 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 yeah, I think a, another team did that yeah. after them. Mm-hmm. This was actually a game winner. No, I did. Like I the one, the longest that. shot was like a halftime buzzer thing. Um, this was actually a game winner for UC Riverside to upset Arizona State at Arizona State over the weekend. Uh, down two, and the kid hit like I mean, it was long. Um, and a program, a, a school that almost ended athletics last year, UC Riverside, um, was considering it. And what I didn't know until I read, I happened to catch a little article about it, is that the guy they hired to fix, like, save athletics at UC Riverside as their athletic director is a former JMU football player and track star, Wes Mallett. No way. Um, I may not even be saying the name correct, but apparently oh. it's been in so- Southern California for quite some time. And one of the interesting things was he gave a quote in the article before he hired the interim coach that he chose to hire for this team. Um, that he credited to his former Duke's teammate, um, which was really cool. He said that uh, the, the guy had actually passed away. I'm, I'm going to have to look. I'm, I'm going to try to look up a little bit more about this story and write about it this week yeah. um, before the game. But I was like, wow, I, I didn't know this. Apparently he played wide receiver and punter um, in 89, 90, and 91. Huh. Um, really interesting guy has a really interesting story, like has done all this marketing work, like it's his background, not necessarily athletics or education. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that you see Riverside wanted him to do was sort of save the program by rebranding it and, yeah. and you know, fixing things. Um, and that was obviously like a super highlight moment for them to, um, you know, he made a very kind of out of the box hire for the interim basketball coach. And then for them to, hit that shot and beat Arizona state and sort of beat all over the national news was really, really exciting. Cool. Really cool. And, That's and really cool. A guy that I get the feeling had probably not, I I'm sure we may hear from some former um, JMU athletes and, and students from that time this week, I hope after saying this, but I, I'm just, I'm really fascinated to learn this guy's story and you know, I would love to talk to him this summer or something. So yeah, it was just, that was a really cool note. Um, not something you see all the time. Yeah. Wes Millett. M-A-L-L-E-T-T-E. Hmm, that's really cool. So yeah, really cool. Um, so that's all. Rob, on the football game this weekend, 32-22 over William and Mary. Probably, maybe, sort of, probably the last game against William and Mary for quite some time. I you know, yeah, well, most definitely. Yeah. Um, certainly the last game in Williamsburg mm-hmm. uh, for a while. Uh, a game that was not was oddly both closer and not as close as the score indicated. <laughs> At the end, right? I mean, yeah. In, yeah um, it, it was. It wasn't particularly competitive, save two, two or three series where William Mary scored. But mm-hmm. um, it's kind of just a blasé game. Yeah, there, yeah. There, wasn't, I mean, I, there wasn't much to it. No, and it looked terrible on, <laughs> on, the, on the production. And I know we had some comments about the production. Why don't you start us off? What was your first down takeaway from this one, Rob? Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? The red zone, red zone, red zone. It's it, it's it's an issue. Um, I'd like to think this is just a temporary blip, and they took a step back. But I don't know. They just it seems like they're quite limited when they get close. It's like there's a distinct lack of running game mm-hmm. the past four or five weeks. I would think, and maybe the whole season. You know, that, everybody thought that that was going to be the big position of strength, and the running attack was going to make Cole's job easier, and so on and so forth. And we're gonna we've got the stable running backs and this great offensive line. And it just hasn't played off that played out that way. Mm-hmm. And I think it really makes it tough in the red zone when you become essentially one dimensional. We've seen what happened. Was it Villanova where they just ran it like four or five times? You know, couldn't get oh, yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, it it's tough to say. Like you don't want to be too much of an armchair quarterback, but it really seems like the offensive strengths are around throwing it to guys kind of in the flats or or in space and letting them make guys miss or going over the top. Neither one of those things is particularly effective in the red zone. And when you can't run the ball, it kind mm-hmm. of eliminates the play action and so on. So it's, everybody's talking about how it's a philosophy thing and it's bad play calling. I think it's just execution. And, and I think it's the fact that they can't successfully run the ball really anywhere on the field mm-hmm. that, that limits what they can do. Um, I, I didn't, I never been a big fan of fade passes. <laughs> and they ran it three times there. I didn't think they were bad calls. Like the receivers got open all three times. They got sprung. They just couldn't connect. You know, Cole over through two, and I think 
then the guy came down with a foot out of bounds on the other one. So I don't really have a problem with them making that play call. I mean, if it's working, like you call it once and the guy's open by two steps, you're like, okay, try it again, different variety. So it's frustrating, but it's not the same thing as like just pounding the ball into the back of the offensive line like they did four weeks ago. Um, they're just very limited. And and this offensive line is very inexperienced, but has really stepped up, I think, in the passing game. I the pass too. blocking, I mm-hmm. think, has been much, much better, if not just flat out good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just can't get into rhythm running the ball. And it just limits what you can do when you get down near the goal line. So it's frustrating. I, they got to figure it out. Thank God they've got Racky. So at least they're walking away with points. You know, they're, yeah, yeah. they're sure. coming away with points every time they get in the red zone. So it's not like mm-hmm. they're getting shut down on fourth or anything or walking away with nothing, but it's going to get tougher as you play tougher teams. You got to convert those opportunities. So it, it's incredibly frustrating. I, I still am naive or optimistic enough to think it's something they can fix even mm-hmm. this late in the season. I mean, you don't need to go seven for seven in the red zone touchdowns. But if you just if you convert one more on Saturday, mm-hmm. it's a totally different game. Mm-hmm. You know, a thirty-nine to twenty-two score mm-hmm. is looked at as a blowout. You know, thirty-two yeah. twenty-two makes it look a little closer than it actually was. So, um, it's definitely a concern, and and we're foolish if we say it isn't. I don't think it's the all-out panic that some fans think, seem to think it is. And it, no, I don't either, it. because they scored on eight possessions. Yeah, like they scored eight times. Yes, and. Many of those field goals, in fact, I think almost all of those field goals were like not long. Like, yeah, they were like 35 yards right. Right. I yeah. mean, they had gotten there. Um, I think your point is right. I, I mean, A, I hate, I noted that in my own. I, I think there's two things that really frustrated me this weekend. I mean, to be charitable, the last two field goals were very situational. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there wasn't any reason to. To, to, to do much it. else, right? Yeah. I mean, there was a point of going up three scores and then, you know, yeah. Um, but I'm really, the three, the three, I mean, twice they did this. Once in the first half, they ran three plays, like three passing plays to the left corner of the end zone. Yeah. And then in the second half, I think they ran three passing plays to the right corner of the end zone. You know, it just, that kind of takes me into my second down. And, and I am a little frustrated. I was frustrated with, you know, it's so hard. I was frustrated with coaching and mm. it's, it's, it's hard to be, I mean, this is very armchair quarterbacking from a naive fan, right? Mm. I admit that. Um, but I'm really frustrated with the way they, I mean, I have continuously expressed frustration with the way they manage the clock in this game. I was particularly frustrated that second or third to last drive when they got the ball back with like six minutes to go mm-hmm. on the, um, the Chuck Winecki fumble recovery, I yeah. think. And they didn't, there were like four and a half minutes. They didn't actually run the playcock down all the way. Like they were snap, they were running it down a little, but snapping it with like 15 seconds. And then on the third down play, they had the linemen set like it down in their three point stance for Cole to like, do this little, like maybe draw them off sides nonsense, but it was third and one. Yeah. And, and those guys have to stand, sit down there in their stance and not move for like 20 seconds. So by the time you actually hand the ball off to Latrell, like they've lost any momentum. Just, yeah. yeah, you're not like like I'm like either hit it and get it, or you know, like it just seemed like they're getting too fancy with themselves. I mean, just the whole thing frustrating. All of those things in the red zone really frustrated me. And I'm left to wonder, because I'm with you, I see improvement in the O-line. I certainly see improvement in the O-line since Fornadel came back into the lineup. In the passing block. In, pass in the passing game. Not running. Yep. Running in the No, not progressed. necessarily in running. Yeah. But I am, but at the same time, every we what play are they going to run, Rob, when it's third and one or fourth and one? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just they're going to run the dive up the middle, up right? the middle, and it and just doesn't, Cole's work. not going to keep it. Yeah. And it's just frustrating. Like, I, I can't believe I'm calling for this, but I couldn't help but thinking, where's the jet sweep here? Yeah. Like, if we're going to, if we can't run it for one yard up the middle and all we're going to do is throw like really low percentage fade routes to the corner of the end zone, like, give me Thornton in on the motion right and give him a chance or something you know i mean that was my it's 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 crazy that i'm saying that because in you know late era mickey that was like the bane of jmu Mm -hmm. football right was this ridiculous play um that we ran every other play um in the yeah i don't know (laughs) i just yeah so i just i was frustrated with both those things this week and and i do feel like and i also feel like 
you know, even year two of Houston, but certainly Signetti, there is a like a very Mickey. If we're up 10 or we're up 14 in the second half, I'm taking over and we're not doing a damn thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I'm like, absolutely. it just, that gets frustrating. Like, well, particularly given the way the season ended last year. Yes. Yes. You know, like you, you really mm-hmm. need to put your, your foot on the throttle. Um, I don't know. Some of this I think is that is them being a little too smart for their own good. Yeah. Some of it I think is masking weaknesses and mm-hmm. as good as Cole has played, he does not have a particularly quick release which really nope. limits the types of passes you can throw in the red zone. It mm-hmm. pretty much means you can throw a screen and hope a guy breaks it, or you can throw a fade. You know, yep. he, he's not really built for the quick slants or anything like that. It's just, it, I, I wish he was, and it's probably, I don't know, 50% confidence, 50% just technique. Mm-hmm. But I don't blame them for not dialing that up because they haven't shown the ability to get that done, you know, anywhere else on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to be a little more creative. And I think it's, some of it is just stubbornness. Like yep. they're like, well, the guy got open, hit the pass, you know, make the pass call. And they ran and running out of a different formation, but it's basically the same thing, you know, three times mm-hmm. in a row. Um, yeah. So it's a combo of maybe just pure stubbornness and pure, maybe being a little too smart for their own good at times. Yeah. And, and I'm like you, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, the hardest thing in football, as opposed to every other sport is the small sample size. Yes. And right now they are nine and one. Yeah. Like, what do we want them to do? Like, I, you know, if Ratke, the best, like the all-time great kicker, makes one of those two field goals at Villanova, they're going to know. And like, why are we yelling and screaming right now? Yeah. Right. And he doesn't, and he didn't, and that's what happens. But like, I don't. At the same time, it's frustrating because you're like, well, they should have won all the other nine games this mm-hmm. year, right? Like, I, I don't. It's also easy for me to say that, right? When the truth is, like, they could have played a little worse and still won the other nine games this year. Yeah. So it's like hard to know, like, what is the ceiling with this team, um, other than when you see a. Qu- but we've seen quarters, right? The third quarter at Weber State, the second quarter against Maine, you know, a little bit in the Delaware. We've seen these. What bursts. we think is the peak. Yes, yeah. and and it's frustrating to not see that keep going. So. I'm going to go, I'll take third down, Rob, if you don't mind. No, go for it. Yeah. I, I just, I, there was, I don't want to get lost in the two terrible plays, particularly the first long play by William and Mary, but JMU had a really nasty defensive performance. I actually got a text from my brother, mm-hmm. uh, William and Mary alum, you know, who watches a good bit of tribe and, and right before the first long touchdown from William and Mary, he was like, man. And, you know, he did his normal, like, talking a little crap this mm-hmm. week kind of thing, kind of excited about the tribe. You know, they've been showing flashes this year and yeah. that kind of stuff. And he was like, right after the half, he was like, man, JMU's defense is really, really yeah. nasty. And there were some performances on that defense. I, I, Sam Kidd, was that the game of his career? I mean, I he know I've good. talked about him before. but Azanima, I thought was Azanima, Chuck Winecki, I thought. Um, Tucker Dorsey, And it's a little frustrating because – well, and it gets a little frustrating, like on that long touchdown run. I don't want to, you know, we, we try not to call kids out, but there were some weak efforts from a couple other more notable, bigger name players. Yeah, and there's some on that first. Lo- the second long touchdown was a little bit more of like a, it, the kid busted it and like he was gone. Like, the, I don't know the, what the to first say. one. It looked like the angle, the same angles that were taken when Chris Thornton fumbled the ball and the offense yeah. was trying to tackle. But those were offensive players. Offensive hustling. players, yes. This was a, there was a These particular are, safety slash yes. rover type player who was not working hard. There no. was a corner who was turned around in that same yes. way. But, the, you know, this, compared to what I saw, and, and I guess what is frustrating is, you know, Sam Kidd, Chris Chakwinecki are not the guys that we expected to be the top players in this game. Yeah. But if they're going to give me that effort, put them on the field. Mm-hmm. Like that was awesome. You know, yeah. um, Tony Thurston on the D line, there were a couple plays, you know, like I, I feel like, I don't know what's going on. I mean, and, and I just don't want to, and I don't want to throw out. I also to the defenses as a, just as a, someone who's sympathetic to the players in that half of the ball, the offense has to do something yeah. like it was 23 zero. They're mm-hmm. crushing them. There's five minutes to go in the third quarter. The defense is just crushing them. If the offense would put away a couple of those scores, 
then the defense can give up one long run here and there, you know? Um, but is that the problem? Because to me, I, I think that's part of the problem. We talk about that philosophy and you talk, you compared yep. it to the third Houston year, a lot of the Mickey years where the team gets up and they, you know, from the coaching staff on down, they all seem like, Hey, we got a two score lead. This one's in the bag. And then they take a deep breath and boom, one big play, boom, two big plays. Most yeah. of the time it stops there. Villanova, it didn't. Sam yeah. Houston State, it didn't. You know, and you walk mm-hmm. out with losses. But it it brings me to like what I was gonna say for fourth down. It's like this team has a weird habit of coasting. Like they just yeah. seem to coast at times. And they remind me more of an NBA team. You know, where yeah. you've got certain NBA teams who you know are just kind of going through the motions and they believe they can flip a switch come playoff time. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it with some of LeBron's teams in the past where they can't you've seen it with golden mm-hmm. states done it um you know it just happens but most teams can't most teams can't right. and you need to have really superior talent and depth jamie's got a lot of talent they don't have the depth due to injuries and due to the crazy spring schedule and everything else it, it just worries me that that they feel like oh you know we can kind of get out there and, and build up a big lead you know a three score mm-hmm. lead and then just kind of relax. And if we give up one touchdown, okay, that didn't snap them into focus. Right. They came back and they did the exact same thing. Same thing. Right. You know, um, but it's still like there's, you don't want them to panic. So it's good that they're not panicking and freaking right. out because I, I think that was a little. I don't panic's a bad word, but against San Houston State, it was like overwhelming. The bad exactly. mistakes. They just cratered. They just, it was yeah. just insane. Like everything cratered, and then the wind. But you got like I mean, one of those happens. And it should be like, whoop, wake up call. And then it should be like that first yeah. quarter effort again on the defense. And that wasn't happening. That concerned me more than the plays themselves. Mm-hmm. The fact that it didn't appear to light a fire in there, anybody. And this is such a hack blogger podcaster thing to say, <laughs> like question. No. Oh, they're just missing it. There's that something special, the intangibles. But doesn't that seem what it is? Like they've got the talent. They can scheme it up. So like William America could do nothing on offense. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like big play, big play. We're right back in this game. It's like, whoa, that shouldn't happen. Maybe right. one of those, but you shouldn't have two of them. No, um, it's hard though, because at the same time, like we just said, they're nine and one. Yeah. So, and when you actually sit down and look at the stats and for all of our um, valid criticism of the William and Mary announcing team, they didn't feel real high on their chances at any point in that game. You could tell. No, it was and never part of that it was because close. they're like, look, it kind of is what it is. And they're great on defense and they're, pretty good on offense and we forget that like we're expecting them to be you know for every game to be 55 to 10 and that's not like i I don't know i mean when you actually take a step back and like divorce yourself from all the emotion in our expectations just look at the pure stats nine and one is nine and one i mean it it speaks for itself and i mean even what we were saying about cole like i have my frustrations at times with cole but man does he come back with good plays yeah. And has and man has he limited the like negative plays that he used to make. Yeah. Right? You guys only thrown like four picks or something this year. Yeah. And you know, I mean it just it's crazy. He ran uh, the ball well on Saturday too. He did. He made good decisions on when to run the ball too. Yeah. Um Yeah, I, I No, I think it, I think Cole is good. I think Cole mm-hmm. is being judged against an unreasonable standard. And that standard yeah. has been set both by Coming on the players. heels of some really great quarterback play in right. championship public. And also by the fact that he had kind of a playoff run for the ages right. and then some ridiculous statistical games beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. He's really good. That that was a he played well enough on Saturday that the team should have scored more and it should have been a laugher. Yeah. Um it's just you get all the focus. And he's also we thought his job would be easier because they'd have two guys running for a hundred yards every game. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't. I mean, would they average two and a half yards a carry? Yeah, yeah. On Saturday. But one thing that is helping him, I will say, again, Devin Ravenel being back playing a good bit. Yeah. Is definitely added a third reliable option to the receiving core. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he's kind of running some of those, you know, they're really kind of like running plays. Yeah. <laughs> but know, it surprised um, me that that hasn't benefited the running game as well. Me too. You would me think too. like you – you can't leave cornerbacks out there all day on an island against Wells and Thornton. Mm-hmm. You got to kind of pick your poison and maybe you go man on one, but you got to have help coming for, from someplace, most mm-hmm. likely both of them. And mm-hmm. then if you also throw Ravenel in there before Cheatham got hurt, you know, we saw 
the tight end being a little bit more of the offense, just enough right. to keep the I defense. Think Turner and Painter can both fill in. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I saying mean, like it, it, the position there. of the tight end, like it, it's yeah. not back to like the Barlow or Carlson days where you're. No. That's a definite weapon, but they do all those guys. All three of those guys can catch the ball enough where they at least keep the defensive honest. Mm-hmm. So it's it's crazy to me that people can still stop the run uh, yeah. t- with the effectiveness that they have. Yeah, and that's that's I guess where I get a little bit like there's got to be some scheme things here and, well, and like I'm play hoping, action or something like yeah. And I'm hoping uh, maybe I'm I'm probably hoping too much, but they've won these games. Yeah, and except for Villanova, there hasn't been a game that like was like down to the wire lately, right? I mean, except for the one they lost to the top 10 team, right? Um, You'd like to think they're doing, you know, doing what they need to to win these games handily. And maybe they can do a little more when they need to do a little more. That's that's what we're kind of hanging our hat on, I think. Well, yeah, exactly. Because like when the, before the game is decided, the defense is usually lights out. Yes. You know, when it's zero, yes. zero, it's only when they get up to the, to the lead that things seem to relax a little bit mm-hmm. when the playoffs, you think it's going to be a little more intense. Maybe that's enough. Just the fact that it's playoffs or it's teams you haven't, you haven't seen before mm-hmm. in some cases, maybe you eliminate some of that. I don't want to say lack of focus, but mm-hmm. the, the one or two plays that get away from you, that can be really costly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, the game is always within a score or a play, maybe that's enough to keep you on your toes. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's hope let's yeah. hope and we'll find out two or three weeks from now so mm-hmm. um and and hopefully we don't have to hear any more mr official move those chains oh. <laughs> so, those, those guys were terrible they, they, yeah. I, at first well the worst oh <laughs> they're so bad they were so and they made each other so much worse because at first i was really mad at the color commentary guy the second guy yeah because he was just like saying random he was, cliches. He was F.P. Santangelo of FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just awful. But then the other guy made no effort to like... Correct him or... He hadn't watched any JMU tape this year. Like, he no. didn't know the names. He wasn't using the pronunciation guide. He, he Wells wasn't really a calling. junior at He one kept point. calling Shroba um, Lorenzo Bryant, which yeah. is because they weigh the same number, but they're not the same player. Um, I, not probably. I don't know. People are like yelling about Shroba. I don't know. I, yeah. I, what I miss more than Shroba is um, I, I wish Harry would be allowed to run the ball in the playoffs again. Um, yeah. That's what I really miss <laughs> uh, on the Maybe special teams thing. Maybe he will. Um, they did a good job covering the onside kick at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the holder and long snapper do an incredible job every week for the parade of field goals we continue to kick. So. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're averaging something like 475 <laughs> kickoff yards a game. That well, tells you got- how much you're scoring. Yes, well, we we thought that Racky would break some records this year. We didn't know that he was going to turn these records into untouchable NCAA marks yeah. for all time because the offense couldn't points. score in the dang red zone. Yeah. yeah. Um, but look, we, we've been. I, I think we've been. We were a little frustrated with this performance. It was still a win over a ranked team. It was the fourth or fifth win over a ranked team on the road this year. Mm-hmm. So for all of the like crowing from the valley and others about like how jmu has no ranked wins now i, I don't know i just that that we've 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 beat this horse to death um in well, the it's end the classic I like when when ca teams beat higher ranked teams the the valley fans and everybody else go oh that's that's because the top is weak it's but when a lower ranked or a bottom of the t- bottom of the table here i got yeah. soccer on the brain bottom of the standings Missouri Valley team wins like, oh, it just shows how tough the league is. It's a gauntlet. It's just such garbage. Like, yeah. you can't have any bad losses in the Valley and you can't have any good wins in the CAA right. by these fans' logic. And it's just, it's ridiculous. And it's not just the fans. It's the committee too. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, it's going to be interesting. So we'll, I guess we'll we'll pivot now to that. We'll look ahead. Um, Towson this week feels very traditional on the schedule for us, Rob, older guys. Yeah. Um, feels very traditional to be ending with the Tigers here at the end. And um, <laughs> Coach Ambrose, very, very CAA, Coach yeah. Ambrose. Um, but I like this spot on the calendar to end with Towson. Uh, they need to put them away. This team is playing out the string. There's no excuses for JMU not pummeling them um, in the last official CAA game they will ever play. Uh, I don't have a lot else to say other than I'd like to see us score a lot of points this week. Um, I want it to be fun. 
you know. I, I want I an old look. school JMU Towson, like a 49 nothing. That's about Rodney yeah. Landers runs for 80 and passes for 200 and you know and then yeah. two running backs go over 100 like that's I I'd really like to see Palmer have a big game and yeah. have the offensive line go into the playoffs with some mojo and some confidence. Um mm-hmm. was it the New Hampshire game earlier in the season where they had a few something I don't know there was one game where we got all excited because we were like oh they busted a few long runs like if this could keep up they could yeah. really do some things. I'd like to see them get back to that a little bit this week. Um but we should look ahead a little bit to – so Sunday will be the selection show, and we're not overlooking Towson or, or trying to jinx this in any way. But there's obviously a lot of – there's interest from fans uh, while we're all looking ahead to the Sun Belt and everything down the road. That is quite a ways down the road, and I am very much at least looking forward to December and you know one last run at this yeah. in the playoffs. I think it's – Barring a massive upset this weekend, Sam Houston has probably, in my opinion, earned the number one seed. Um, I I don't, I I think committee and polls. So the interesting, I think what we're concerned about is JMU continued to be ranked number two in the national poll where they were last week. And this week, Uh, we are not convinced that JMU is going to be the second seed in the tournament. Um, I think Sam Houston, they have their own schedule you know, concerns, but they won the title in the spring. They have not lost in the fall. There's no reason for me to think that they won't be given the number one seed. Um, there's a bunch of things ahead of, ahead of us, right? Montana State, also 9-1. and one. They play Montana in the Brawl of the Wild this week, so they play a top-10 game this weekend. Would be, you know, look, JMU fans, there's a lot of arguments here. NDSU, same record. JMU, same record. There's Villanova has one more loss than JMU. It's a bad loss to not what's looking like a worse loss to William and Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their FBS loss, but they obviously have the head to head with JMU. I don't know that there's, I'll say this. I think if JMU wins this week, they get a top four seed. And I don't think in my opinion, I, none of those four seeds, one, two, three, or four would be like horrendously surprising to me. Or, and none of them would make me like angry. I wouldn't be like, oh gosh, we, you know, the Dukes are getting screwed here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Montana State has played a strong schedule. They play a big game this weekend. If they win to get to 10 and 1, I don't know, right? We, I don't know what's better. I mean, it, it is kind of the same. I mean, NDSU, kind of the same way. I, I'd probably put JMU ahead of NDSU, but I don't. It's you not know, scandalous like, if you if somebody decides no, to that's do that. what I think. That's where I am, right? I the the scary thing. You could argue the scariest thing is JMU, Villanova winning big this weekend and getting the four seed over JMU based on the head to head. I, I kind of like JMU in the four or the five slot if Sam Houston gets the one seed, and I love the idea of JMU and Villanova being four or five in either order. Cause I love the idea of getting to play two revenge games in the most important games of the season, yeah. right? Potentially Villanova and Sam Houston mm-hmm. in the quarters and the semis. So beyond that, I don't, we don't have a ton of analysis. We'll all have the bracket Sunday afternoon and we can talk about it next week. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, beat just, Towson. I mean, then we don't have to play on Thanksgiving. So. Yeah. I mean, that's the big deal. You, you want the buy. You want uh-huh. the buy. I think anything, like you said, any one of the top four seeds, it's fine. And realistically, it, they should only be in consideration for two, three, or four. Sam Houston deserves the number one seed. Yeah. Um, I, I think anybody who tells you otherwise is kidding themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't want to go to bat for the CAA, but it would be disappointing if Rhodey wins this weekend and does not get a bid at eight and three. Yes. And uh, to, to do more fun things like beat up on the CAA, this is where Flow Sports can kill you. In terms Hell of yeah. your, your reputation in the national landscape, but nobody can see you. People just assume they see that, you know, oh, you know, Villanova lost to William Mary. They can't be that good. And Villanova beat JMU, so they can't be that good. And if you're not watching the games, you don't realize that week in, week out, like top to bottom, like, Albany is not a good team record-wise. Albany plays everybody tough. Mm-hmm. Albany's not an easy out. And that sounds mm-hmm. ridiculous when you look at the record, but they played pretty good football this year. In a lot right. of ways, um, Richmond has looked incredibly mediocre, but just took Delaware behind the woodshed. Yeah, you know, yeah. like half a hundred on them. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. good football being played 
and the CAA. Yeah. And we are the two last guys on earth who want to stand up for the league right now. Right. But it, it remains, it, it's just not fair. This entire bias, and it worked in JMU's favor and the CAA's favor for years, yeah. where every year Mickey's teams would be ranked, you know, top five, top 10, whether they deserved it or not. They got the benefit of the doubt from 2004 to what, like 2012, 2000. Yeah, yeah. And some of those teams, the Rodney Landers teams are very good. Yeah. Other teams, not very good. Right, right, right. And I think that's the situation we have right now with the Valley, where just by default, people are acting like, you know, that there are five or six bid league and you go into it. And then it's just, you, you talk yourself into the fact that the team that's one game over 500 is still really good. And they'd be, you know, nine and one in the CA. It's ludicrous. And there's not mm-hmm. enough intra conference play in FCS for anybody to make a knowledgeable assessment of this. It's all just no. work. No. And I, I think the SOCON probably has the same complaint this year yeah. as the CAA, yeah. you know, and, and so. it's frustrating because I think what we're trying to say sometimes too, is that the very bottom of the Valley and the very bottom in particular of the uh, big sky are, are really far down in the bottom. Yeah. And I don't think that we're always convinced. I, I hope that Towson will show me otherwise this weekend. It'd be terrible, but I don't think that we are as convinced that the bottom of the CAA is quite, quite as bad as your Southern Utahs or your Portland, you know, Northern Arizonas yeah. or your Northern Colorados out there. You know, we're we just don't buy that a little bit. You know, Western and, and I don't buy year. that the fourth like, or fifth place team in the Valley would walk into any other conference in America. That's what and it, win yeah. it. That's the part no. that gets me more than the, than the. If you lost the four games in the Valley this year, you're probably going to lose four games in the CAA too. Yes, like, like and that's sort of where we both come out. You yeah, know? exactly. You're just not that. You're you just not. Anything. It's like no. this omnipotent crap. Like, oh, they can dominate anybody. Well, no, they can't because no. they lost. And we've seen it play out last year in the playoffs. Good example. You know, a lot of yeah. those teams lost when they deserved. Yeah. So. We will have some fun things to talk about with that next week. Yeah, I think uh, go roadie this weekend, I guess. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'd actually I mean, love to roadie's see not. Me. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, roadie's not CAA. No. They're just CAA football. So yeah. go roadie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess this is where we will leave it uh, that, at that. Um, Rob, last thing on football, I did, I felt bad. So it, we're setting up, just so you all know, we're. Eventually, we're going to get to try to get to a little series we're going to do sometime in the off season with, um, you know, we've, we're going to try to make some new friends in the in the Sun Belt yeah. uh, somewhere along the line. And uh, I did log into the our friends at Lafayette's like late night Twitter Spaces thing. Oh, the Raging Cajuns. They're, yes, okay. thing the other night, and uh, and I felt really bad because a, a they're like in a different time zone. They're, you know, they're an yeah. hour behind us. And it was late. It, I mean, it was midnight our time. And I had a, had an enjoyable afternoon on Saturday between the <laughs> JMU game and then yeah. going out to dinner with some friends. Mm-hmm. And they tried to actually like cue me up to like, they, they unmuted me yeah. in the room. You're like, I don't have control over it. I just wanted yeah. to listen to the cool thing. you know. Yeah. And then they unmuted me and they're like, <laughs> and they didn't say anything, but I was like, I can't, talk in public right now yeah like, it was almost midnight on saturday yeah. it was not the right time for me you were hyperventilating because of taylor's appearance. performance yeah, I was like, oh no i, I just like quit shut it down like <laughs> sent them a message like sorry i'll talk to you on monday yeah like, i felt so bad um but no I, I was not suitable for public consumption at that point and i didn't want to i the only thing i could think about was like i was like i guess i could talk about the caa but i didn't want to talk about the caa i wanted to be like happy about the Sun Belt. yeah you know and i was just in that headspace so yeah oops um yeah and then the two podcasts i did as we move on to hoops i will start out by saying i really missed medea last week uh starting at the 18 minute mark of bennett and jack's podcast last week rob jamie sports news they they had both gone to the women's game versus uva Mm -hmm. the season opener and they're they starting at around the 20 minute mark or so they just like went crazy about the venue and it was awesome like they were so blown away by yeah, it's Atlanta getting rave reviews. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody we've talked to is just thrilled by it, and the atmosphere for the women's game versus UVA and the men's game versus ODU were they were the stuff we of legend JMU legend, right? That was, I mean that that game versus UVA for the women on Tuesday was uh, it had all of us talking about the electric zoo. 
you know? Right. I mean, it was that kind of cool thing. And, um, you know, even without all the subplots involved, students were there. The other student athletes were there. They played great. It was fun. You know, the ODU game, that play when they made the, uh, Sule had the block. And then uh, Vado Morris had the save yeah. and Hodge had the finish. Like, you know, that felt like, oh man, we're going to get to do this versus ODU twice a year from now on. Yeah. Like, this is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't have a lot else to, you know, I mean, they played something called Carlo uh, to JMU's credit. A lot of fans were like picking on this. Um, I guess that Carlo was the, seemed to be the team that reached out about this game. I think Jamie so, was supposed to play Fordham and it fell apart. And then Carlo reached out and said, can we take the spot? Yeah. Cause they were here to play VMI. Like, yeah. They played VMI the, like the night, the night before, before. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming they got kicked a little cash for that appearance as well. Um, Jamie, I think it was 135 to 40. Yeah. So, it, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't. No, that's not a real game. Um, they, they've done this thing now where you can play two non D ones, which essentially means you can have two, exhibitions that go on your record don't really help you or go on your record like remember we were in school they used to play that random like barnstorming unit like the philadelphia exhibition or something like that that before the season before the the season season. i when i saw carlo i thought that's what this was i was like oh they're doing some sort of semi pro team that that tours around and does all the tune-ups but no it's this weird thing where you can play two non-d1s Well, and I actually really like the non-D1. I think we've talked about this, but the EMU game um, that they play later in the season, I it's really cool appreciate. for the Valley. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they, if they want to play Bridgewater or whoever, I mean, I don't know, you know, whoever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, certainly if they want to play EMU at, at, you know, in the, in December, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, but just really fun. And I'm so excited, Rob, I know you had to be just thrilled uh, to see that, you know, both the women's, I mean, I know the women. Got blown out by Maryland. Maryland's top five team. Like, Maryland's final four team. Live and yeah. learn. Um, but the men, you know, the women beating UVA to open the season on that kind of a thing, and then the men to turn around and beat ODU. Just, it's awesome. Yeah. It's just, and, it's, and this game tomorrow night, the men play Eastern Kentucky, another very ODU, JMU, mm-hmm. right in that, you know, 100 to 150, like, good good mid-major team. Yeah. Um, you know, if they could win tomorrow, they, they got real – it's pretty exciting. I mean, they're going to that Naples tournament, the bunch of other good mid-majors. Like, well, they play with know? a lot of energy. And so it's yeah. just, there's an opportunity to really capitalize on not only Bynton the energy. seems like the real deal. I, I hope he does. He, he does. really does. You know, I the mean, guys seem like they have fun playing for him. Yeah. You know, like every, all the guys, I think to a man on the roster would tell you, they'll, they'll probably be in touch with Lou Rowe for the rest of their lives. He's probably a great guy, but it wasn't the same sort of energy excitement on the court. <laughs> Byington brings that energy and excitement. So it just seems like on nights when, like every basketball team has, where the shots aren't falling or things aren't going well, Jamie's still going to be able to be competitive because of the fact that they're just, they're pressing and they're going out and doing it. So I think it's going to be a fun brand of basketball we're going to see the next couple of years. And it's an absolutely amazing looking arena. I cannot wait to get down Uh, there. It's, that's what's so amazing. It's just, I I know we've been talking about it Mm -hmm. and we've been thinking about it hypothetically in terms of like, Oh, this is this is going to be great. Everything mm-hmm. over the convo is an improvement. But, but to this... actually see it, it was like, and to hear everyone talking about it was like, you know, I, I guess there's some audio issues they need to iron out. But like in general, ever, I mean, listening to those guys talk, like they, they were putting it on the par with like JPJ. That's what I was gonna say. Like and this there isn't... were things like they were like it's a little smaller, but that's better for JMU. And the student section's in a better location because it's really behind the basket and then the overflow is behind the other basket. Like, And they pulled some sort of situation like they did with uh, the Seahawks stadium where it's engineered to be loud. It's architected to be louder, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just – it just – it's the real deal. Like a really mm-hmm. high-level facility. Well, there's no – I don't want to say asterisk, but there's there's a little bit of an asterisk when it comes to Bridgeforth. People are like, it's amazing. It's one of the best football stadiums at this level. You know? Yeah. They're just like, yeah. this is a great college basketball arena. That's no, what I was, no that was what I was getting yeah. at. Was like this was like not like this is really good for the CAA. This yeah. was like this is good, good for the college nation, basketball. Like college yeah. basketball yeah. venue. 
Um, and and I, that's to, just to real. clarify, I love yeah. Bridgeforth. I'm not. I didn't oh, mean. Oh, we go, love it to death, but, but we, we are aware of its limitations we're aware. Like in that it's, way, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a different um, level. No, I, yeah, and maybe someday, you know, even if it's just the lower section. But if they ever, you know, r- finish the lower section and kind of have it as a bowl, mm-hmm. that 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 might be. Even if it's only thirty thousand seats, it's yeah. it will be great. And but it's not it, it, not yeah. to belabor the point, but Bridgeforth's kind of off center design or lip is not as unusual as you think. If you really look at a lot of college football yeah. stadiums and how they've I grown up, like it, but yeah. yeah. A lot of them are like that. It's pieced together. They start off with stands and then they yeah. bowl in one side and go around. So it's not that unusual to do it in the fashion that Jamie did. I just think I had underestimated the like recruiting idea too of like, oh no, we're not just good for mid-major. We're, this is. This is a great this facility. This is it, right? <laughs> like, like you've got you know, four official visits. This is going to be the nicest arena you set foot yeah, in. Like, and that's just arena. From what I've been told, like the players can basically spend all day stay there short of going to classes and get everything. Like there's places to eat, there's study facilities, there's awesome training Training facilities and weight rooms and classrooms and stuff like that. Well, I noticed Um, that I heard. Yeah. Have have you seen like, have you been watching any of those JMU embedded basketball videos? Yeah. They're awesome. They're awesome. But they had one, I think it was, Strickland or Amadi or something like so walking through the typical day and they shouldn't like get taped up and everything. But then they're going and like, they've got the nutritionist giving them those custom smoothies from like the smoothie bar and, and healthy snacks. Like it just looks like a top notch athletic facility. Like the type of thing you'd expect, frankly, to see like in professional sports, but I mm-hmm. guess it's trickled down to, yeah. to college sports. Well, and on that note, that'll take us to our, the last thing I want to hit on Rob before overtime is, uh, the other podcast that I cannot possibly recommend enough mm-hmm. is uh, last week on Thursday. Oh, in the circle, there's a podcast oh, the called "In the Circle," one? the softball yeah. podcast, and they did it over an hour with Coach Laporte. So they mostly in the off season do you know dedicate a show to a particular program and have that program's coach or star player on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was an hour on JMU softball with Coach Lauren Laporte. It's as good as anything I've listened to, you know, it's very exciting. I can't, I just can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Um, and it does cover like the Sunbelt, the CAA backlash, you know, from the last week, like they mm-hmm. were hitting her right on the spot. Needless to say, she is much classier, um, much more of a high road person than we are. Yeah. Um, she is the best representative possible for James Madison University. Uh her thoughts, you could just tell the love she had for Odyssey and Kate and the players, yeah. the whole team last year. Um, and the excitement, you know, nervous excitement she has for the young players she has coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, the fun she's had uh, on the recruiting trail this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and th- the same thing, she talks at the end about how they are adding to the softball stadium. And they also have just gotten a new training facility. Yeah. Um, they can also do that same kind of thing where it seems like they can spend the entire day at the softball and baseball facility mm-hmm. um, from now on kind of having their own special perks, which is pretty great. And another reminder to me that while like, you know, all this frustration with the CAA and all this stuff the last week, like if we can get through this next two or three years, there's some really great things ahead. And yeah. in softball in particular, it's going to be a monster conference. It's a monster conference. And she is, you know, she talked about, A, you know, for them, it's going to be a little weird because they will, you know, softball and baseball who play like 8 billion games and do play home and home series, they will be flying more yeah. to more distant locations than many other programs. Mm-hmm. But they will also have these like, I mean, Sunbelt got four teams in the tournament last year, mm-hmm. you know, so there will be opportunities for JMU that they've never had before. Um, and some pretty well, cool- like. Yeah. Is there any JMU sport that is in a consistent multi-bid league with CIA? Like I know lacrosse has had a couple years where you've mm-hmm. got three teams in, mm-hmm. but you don't go into the season thinking like, oh, you know, we finished top three, we're in. Like, is I'm not sure JMU has anything like that now in the CIA in anything. No, and actually, she talked about that on the show. I just, I, I really can't. It's she's so much better at explaining this than I am. But like, she has always tried to build their schedule in such a way that if they stumble in the CAA tournament, they are prepared to get yeah. that large. 
but there is no other team in the conference for which that is true. No, it's not a multi. Right, like they are the only ones for whom that might apply. There's and no that multi has been the same with field hockey, lacrosse. Yeah, many of these sports. Yeah, it's been the same boat there. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know. I just really appreciated her kind of um, really mature and measured take on all these things. Um, and, and, and at the same time, her disappointment for her colleagues in other sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was really, uh, you know, better than we are. Cause she, she said she feels much worse for the fall sports who just got hammered. Yeah. Rug pulled out from under them with nothing to no way to prepare for it. You know? Well, and, 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 and honestly yeah. that might've colored my um, displeasure with William Mary's color guy. Because mm-hmm. he made some sort of snide remark to the volleyball oh, yeah. coach's comment. Like, it was just like, come on now. Like, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, what are you? It's just one of these, like, you did it to yourselves. Let me tell you, I've been with this for 20 years and Ron Carrier made this rule. It's like, things change. Just get off it. Like, she was expressing some some pretty deep sadness for her players. And for him to be like, come on now. You need to face facts. I was like, this guy's got. Well, I, I did laugh. I was like, that guy's a former player, right? I don't know. He's probably a former tribe player. I, I had to think like, he was out, coming at it from a fan's perspective very much. Yeah. Where at was, least the play-by-play guy was like just old play-by-play guy who doesn't watch much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, they were terrible. They were uh, so terrible. Uh, oh. Just I can't the, the late slide and then being like, oh, these the are late slide. Oh my God. I mean, ever, I, so I watched the game with like two friends. So I didn't yeah. know that that was going on, Rob. Yeah. I watched the game with two friends this weekend. We were chatting and, you know, JMU was thankfully, you know, we were hopeful they were going to pull yeah. away comfortable enough to, to chat and, and hadn't was getting a chance to catch up with some old friends. And uh, they're not particularly big football fans like I am, but everyone was like, oh, my God, that yeah. guy should be. Well, and I think that it was came after the other kid had kicked. Um, they, they did Latrell reverse the call because the they, gave, they gave the. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I actually thought it, <laughs> like, I thought they were kind of a dirty team. Yes, I, I really, really thought that they were very that chippy, and a lot of, of this, like yeah. the stuff that their found their fans espoused to be, you know, the, the dregs oh. of college sports. Like, oh, so not so, they didn't look like student athletes. We'll put it that way. Like, there was a lot of puffing up their chest, and I don't really have a problem with that. I, I, I like the excitement, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of like stepping over slash stepping on people, little shoving afterwards. I thought they were a very chippy team, mm-hmm. um, which is just funny given the general pretentiousness of some of their, of their fans with the right way to do things. And we're athletes and student, you know, athletes, second students first. Oh yeah. No, they were, they were kind of obnoxious and the hit on Cole, like late slide, late slide, like, okay, it was a late slide. Then if you're arguing that, which is a dumb comment, then you're basically Mm -hmm. saying that both players were diving head first for his knees so it's like, which is it? Like, if it, it's not a proper play. Um, well, when the guy slides, how many times have we seen this called? Like, if you hit him in the head. You, you hit, hit him in the head. head. It doesn't That's matter it. whether like it's late, early, like, yeah. college rule, pro rule. It's like, and they were literally blaming Cole, yeah. saying it was his fault. Like, oh, yes. he's got to do better. Quarterback's got to do better. He slid late. You know, what? they weren't doing anything. They were already making the tackle. No, they weren't. He slid, and they dove down to hit him. They were mm-hmm. diving downward because that's where he was. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They, they were terrible. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. glad I don't ever need to listen to them again. No, I know. I know. We'll, we'll get our own homers now, but yeah. hopefully they'll be good tailgate food. Lots of stories with those folks, too. Yeah. It'll be fun for a couple of years while we're not. Jaded. Know. Well, and, and you know, unfortunately, there won't be particular, sti- you know, the stakes will only be so high Yeah. Um, for the next couple of years. Um, so I. Yeah, I won't be throwing things at the television, <laughs> but in any case, uh, yeah, those, it was fun week, fun weekend. Dosa zero again, Rob. Um, oh yeah. That was yeah. good. That was good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, so, uh, looking forward to talking to you next week. Hopefully one last CAA win for the road. Uh, we'll have plenty to talk about this off season about scheduling and, and, who they might or might not play next year. And we also have the return of, of a former sponsor who's jumped back on with, with home field yeah. apparel. So we will have yeah. details about a discount code that they've given us to share with all of you as our listeners. Um, we're still working out final things, but be on the lookout for that. Plenty of time for your holiday shopping. 
Yes. And we got a bunch of good OTs. You want to just save all the Thanksgiving ones for like a Thanksgiving spectacular next week? Yeah, maybe we'll I, do I that. I didn't put a whole yeah. ton of thought no, into it. No, we were really thrilled about that. In it. Yeah. yeah, they were, you they were any, good. Any brief ones tonight that you were? Well, I, I mean, didn't Michael send us the just the rather simple but very good suggestion of top three sides versus – Let's do it. Top four sides. We we can do that. But I really like the ones where it was more tying the sides into different CAA or FCS teams. But that's yeah. Gonna somebody take a said bit. do the playoff teams as Thanksgiving sides. So yeah. maybe we can do that next we week. Can once we can try that next week. Bracket in front of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but you want to go like top bit. top three sides? Sure. Um, <laughs> what, what's your what, what's your what's one for you, Rob? I, you can well, mashed potatoes is number one. That's the easy one. Oh, that's number me. one for you. Okay. Yeah. So I'm actually a sweet potato guy. So well, I, that, I, that was number two for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I'm mashed potato though. My family has moved. My mother's a rice person for Thanksgiving, hmm. which, yeah. Like, like I, just plain rice or like dirty rice or. Yeah. Like kind of a dirty rice. Yeah. Usually a brown rice, but she grew up with rice for Thanksgiving. And so, but she gets frustrated because everybody wants mashed potatoes now. Oh. Yeah, um, she's probably wrong on this. So, yeah, I don't know. The vegetables are actually my favorite. So, uh, we usually do Brussels and carrot, roasted carrots. And I don't know, I don't like take the time with, I make those at other times during the year. Mm-hmm. We make those, but I don't do them well except for on Thanksgiving. Like, I don't really take the time to do it correctly. Um, and I think it's partially also because on Thanksgiving you don't you don't hold back on the like extra oil bacon and butter, and butter the, yeah. whatever yeah whatever you're doing right yeah. yeah so like an extra pound of pancetta with your Brussels yeah. or something. <laughs> right right exactly yeah yeah, yeah I th- that's good um, I, I'm a big fan of whatever green beans slash broccoli slash whatever thing you want to throw in to a giant casserole. Yeah. I like yeah. that where it's just, you know, there's a vegetable in there, but it's basically just like cheese and cream of mushroom. And I think that's what it is about Thanksgiving, right? Is yeah. that it's, you get all these things that are in other contexts, I would make them healthier, but on yeah. Thanksgiving, you're like, well, screw it. We're no, throwing them in this pot and putting yeah. onion strings on top. You, you cook the yeah. way you want to cook. You feel right. like you can be indulgent. Right. Um, those are good. And then I guess it's, it's not a side, but gravy is pretty clutch. Because it goes on everything. Um, yeah, it's also just another thing that I like don't... You'd never have it I, any other time of year. What do I have it like maybe three other times in the year? Maybe, yeah. Maybe. If, like, you, go to like a meet, if you go to like a meet and three and they've Yeah, got yeah. But yeah. like other than that, I really don't... No, you're you know, not It's not something agree. we would make at home. No, never. Right? You know, like for, for a normal meal. Uh, yeah, no. I'm with you. And it goes on everything. It goes on everything. It makes yeah. everything better. And it's also key for leftover sandwiches. Yeah. Just so cool. Um, and then I, I, I can say, like, in terms of bad, like, I kind of reject the notion of there being a bad Thanksgiving side. I know everybody's going to go to cranberry sauce. I don't, I like cranberry sauce. I don't, it's, I'm not going to clear the plate for it in terms mm-hmm. of, no. like, uh, making it over mashed potatoes. Yeah, I don't like it, but I don't, I understand why other people do. My father likes it a lot. You know, like, I don't even know. mind the stuff from the can. I love making yeah. it with fresh cranberries mm-hmm. just because it's fun when they all pop. And the orange, it's like fun to make. Um, again, I like it on the table mostly so I can have it stuffed on like a turkey with all the sides sandwich the next day. Yeah. And, and I love dressing stuff. Yes. Right. I mean, I do you too. just don't, you don't, another thing that that feels like that is the only day of the year that I get to. Right, that yes. and the three days after that are the only days of the year that I get to eat. And it's that. also one of the things that is being uh, slammed in the supply chain shortages. Oh. Like yeah. the bag stuffing and the box stuffing, they say that's yeah. very tough to get. No, so, and yeah. I have to say the one thing on yeah, we did side. So this was sides, yeah. Okay, so we don't have to talk about turkey and we don't have to talk about pumpkin pie. No. But um, yeah, I don't really have. I'm trying to think. There's no bad to, sides. No, in fact, the sides are significantly better usually than than the turkey. Than any of the other things. Yeah. Um, no, it's all about sides. My mom's trying to pull this thing. She makes these rolls, her her reba rolls that mm-hmm. I love. Um, and she's trying to say she doesn't, she's going to make rolls this year. I'm like, this is the one thing you do. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what do you mean you're not making rolls? You can just get like the Parker house rolls or something. Those no, will do. Yeah. Well, no, well, I, I think she's not making them because some people in the family aren't, I don't know. I don't no know. gluten or something like I'm that. I'm like, well, what, and what difference does it make? Like, so we're going to have dressing. Yeah. And, and 
green bean casserole yeah. and gravy all day. Yeah. And then we're all going to turn around and put it all on a sandwich afterwards. Yeah. Like, but but you, save, the, you keep that one thing the off the menu and then health. Right. right. We went from rice to mashed potatoes and it's the roll that's killing us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. Well, look, Thanksgiving's a fun day. It's not always the best meal, but it is certainly fun because you get to eat all these things you don't otherwise. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, I guess some people don't love it if you don't like very starchy brown and beige foods, but I do. So it works for me. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing this year for me for Thanksgiving, Rob, is I really, really hope that uh, there's no, that JMU is not playing on Thanksgiving weekend. So they I think win chances this weekend are to, good that they will not be. Chances are good that they will not be, but they need to win Saturday to make sure of that. Yep. So let's, let's do it. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll be looking forward next week, Rob, to having a very casual pre-Thanksgiving, hopefully very casual non-game, you know, pre-Thanksgiving look at the playoff field show with you. Yeah. Um, you nice know, it'll give us take a deep breath. Yeah. Maybe we can, we can really look at the, we can have fun with some OT and, and talk about hoops and mm-hmm. Sunbelt and whatever else we want to talk about, but uh, yeah. and enjoy the bye week Let's hope so. Yeah. All right. Thanks yeah. Rob. And thanks everybody. We will, we're going to circle back on some of these cause they were good. We hadn't put out that call for OT in a while. And uh, we'll, we'll make a list and come yeah, back. Yeah, definitely. Just need to put sure. a little more thought into some of the more creative ones. So Yes, for we sure. We do. Not, not, not the people. The suggestions no, 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 are You guys did great. Yeah, yeah we, we were not to, ready for that. We need, to be, we need to bring our A game, or yeah. uh, relative as that is. So. Yeah. And, and Rob, I was impressed with your last note tonight. I, that was you with the Taylor Jake tweet the other day. Very impressed. Oh, yeah. So, well, yeah, I, I know. I, yeah, they, it's. Whew. I, 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 that was, uh, I assume everyone thought that was me, but it was not. It was no, not. that was me. It worked. It was, I was very impressed, and uh, and, and needless to say, um, we we can use her as an inspiration for our um, our ability to carry a grudge yeah. over long periods. Yeah, that is the bar, right? That, that is, is the a, bar. That, oh my it, gosh! It, when that is your bar for pettiness and and uh, grudge holding, yes, you just, have. Just not you, letting things go. No, um, that aspiration needs to be set. Yeah, we, we have the Taylor Swift bar is a very high bar, and we, I don't think we the can Everest even, of uh, grudge holding right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we can only aspire to that with um, the uh, the dregs of the CAA. Um, and 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 actually, if anything, I no, I won't. My real hope is that there will be no CAA when when we get to the ten year mark of of this date, right? When we're putting out our 10 there, there might be, there might yeah. be. Oh, um, we we will have our own ten minute all too well if there uh, if if there's further defection from the CAA at any time. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my main takeaway from that is you, you can't you just got to you can't date somebody who can write songs like that cuz there's only there's two ways it can go you're either in it and it's great or if it doesn't you're immortalized and and not well, in a good way the incredible thing if you go back to folklore and evermore from last year is you actually can't even be business partners with no forget dating like, no. like she's got like a michael jordan type drive of like she finds things yeah. and i'm not saying her heart wasn't legitimately broken. I don't know any of these no. relationships, but there does seem to be like the uh, every boyfriend is the the coach who cut her from varsity sophomore year <laughs> of Michael Jordan type thing. Yeah, that's the I took that personally meme. Yes, <laughs> yes, like, yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah. Woo. Yeah. but um, she channels it into some great art, so more power yeah. to her. And, and we're we're going to try to channel that into uh, self immolating our our podcast yes. <laughs> while while taking the CAA with us. Yeah, so, yeah, all right. Uh, anyways, thanks, Rob. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, have a good week, everybody. Go Dukes.